Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Strickland. I'm your host, Shrini Boom. This is episode 216. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Stacy. That is at StacyPan89. Stacy, how are you doing on this glorious Saturday morning? Doing well, joining you all from the West Coast. Uh, found out the hard way this week. You don't drive to downtown San Francisco when there's a Giants game. So that's a bit of a fun learning experience. <laughs> Yeah, um, San Francisco. It's a it's a fine town. I prefer San Diego. Named uh, by the Germans in 1904. <laughs> uh, but before we get started, I, feel, I do have to make an announcement. The strip is Patreon. You can subscribe to it. There are a number of tiers. There's a six dollar tier that gets you access to Pod Circle every Friday that I do with Prez. You also get access to the mailbag that Drew, a.k.a. Doug Steele, does every other week. Also get access to the Strickland Discord where the conversation never stops. There's a $9 tier that gets you access to Strick and Roll, my solo pod, where I rant, yell, and rave about the Knicks even more. Also get access to wonderful weekly articles by Jack Hunley and Matthew Miranda, two of the best in the business. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits like merchandise discounts, listening in on pod recordings, and even potentially co-hosted a podcast alongside yours truly one day. Whether you choose to subscribe or not, none of this would be possible without you. Uh, so without further ado, let's get started. Um, we're going to do a little exercise today. But before we do this exercise, I think it is worth noting uh, that Shams, Shams Charmia, friend of the pod, uh, buy of the pod. Probably more uh, of a cousin. Right? Buy, buy. <laughs> cousin, cousin brother. Um, but he uh, he reported yesterday that uh, talks between the Knicks and the Jazz have stalled out. I don't really know what... I don't think this report says a whole lot. Um, I think it's probably a good sign that the Knicks aren't actively engaging at this point. Uh, I think they've made some legitimate offers probably, and is now canvassing the league, trying to find something better, something that can make the Knicks up their offer. Uh, so that is where we're at. And I tend to think if there's any movement on this moving forward, it might be next week uh, because LeBron James has uh, – he can sign an extension on August 4th. I feel like that could be the catalyst for some moves because – he doesn't sign the extension, then there's probably added pressure for the Lakers to do stuff, which has all kinds of trickle down effects that could impact not our initial trade talks. Um, but like more more or less, I just kinda of think it's gonna drag out now until at least closer to training camp anyways. Yeah, I mean um I think independent of the LeBron I mean, I know there is the hypothesis that 
the LeBron situation is holding things up. The uh, a lot of people have talked about KD's situation holding things up, um, and I'm not surprised. I think that those are are definitely um, things that uh, that are going to hold things up. But um, I think that I mean from the start when Donovan Mitchell was available, given the New York ties, many people said this is it. This is the move that the Knicks are um, you know have been waiting for. There's probably some truth to that. Um, I think for us, um, especially for us, it's been, he's obviously a very talented player. He would walk in and be the most talented player on the roster by far. Uh, that's no disrespect, disrespect to Jalen Brunson, but Mitchell is that caliber of talent with some upside. However, I think the fan, there are fans who want the Knicks to get it done at all costs. Some of that is just how highly Mitchell is valued. Um, whereas for some of us, it's that, it's not like, Oh my God, Donovan Mitchell! You got to do whatever it takes. Like it might be with you know a Luca or someone like that, right? Um, we view him as like there's a good price. Uh, definitely can be a value add. It's those stars like that aren't often available, but there is a price. There's a, a point at which you walk away from the table. I think um, John Schmelk had he came on the pod, but he had a, a long thread on you know there are everything you know for stars. You often have these everything offers, right? Where it's not really about fair value because you don't really get fair value for a star. It's more give us everything you got. And for better or for worse, I don't think, I think the Knicks probably view Mitchell a little bit closer to, you know, not like, oh my God, it's Donovan Mitchell. You got to get him here. It's more, it's a good player. We, we're in the business of getting good players, but, um, you know, it's not, um, you know, you don't just put all your ships in the table for it. And I think we should be happy about that. Um, and I, I mean, I think that, the closer this, the longer this drags out, I think a lot of people say it puts more pressure on Ainge. I actually think he wouldn't be averse to, to keeping Mitchell on the roster. We know his history. He's not going to take a deal that he doesn't think is fair. Um, no, no, no. It's not fair with him. He's not going to take an offer that he doesn't think is a ripoff. Yeah, so I could see them. And I think that Leon Rose, contrary to what many have said, if they're waiting this long, they probably would say, yeah, we're willing to move forward. Um, with what we have, um, and and take the deal that makes sense and gives us the flexibility to make the next move. Uh, I know you and I have discussed a lot. You know, are they better off for that next move? Eventually, they have to get a top ten player or an MVP caliber player. Which, if you look historically, that's a prerequisite to to winning a title. You know, does staying pat help them better with that? Uh, no pun intended. Uh, shout out our last. Uh, Shout out Patrick Ewing, but um, or is it you know does it get you closer if you do make this move for Mitchell? And I think that all depends on the price. And I think you know it's it's tough to argue with the process from them so far. Yeah, um, I I just I really don't care about Andre Mitchell. I'm gonna be completely honest. Um, it'd be nice if they got him. I'm not particularly moved to the degree many people are, where it seems like. If we don't get him, there'll be some kind of meltdown, especially if he gets traded somewhere else for a price that the Knicks theoretically could have matched or exceeded. Um, you know, my basic belief is with Danny Ainge, if you are meeting his price, you have already lost because his prices are a joke. His prices are a ripoff, and you have already hamstrung yourself. Um, you know, Ainge wants to restrict your ability to get better, to improve. 
his own chances of winning the trade, which I understand. Uh, it's just that there's no give on his side, so you're almost like I, like I don't, I don't think it's bullshit the notion that Danny Ainge like really doesn't negotiate. I think what is bullshit is the idea that like he always wins, like he always gets his way. You know, I mean, how many trades has he not made? You know what I mean? Like how many times have we heard oh so close, but they didn't get it done. And I think the reason that they come close and never get it done, or didn't get it done so many times, and especially his last few years in, in Boston, is because he doesn't budge. He will not move his price closer to a middle ground. And really, like, there is no middle ground with age. So I would, quite frankly, be happy if they just walked away. And, you know, Ainge knows what their offers are. If he wants them, he can always come back and, and get them. Um, but I, I'm, I'm comfortable with going into the season as is. And I'd be much more focused on trying to find better opportunities to move Julius Randle than, honestly, than focusing on figuring out how to appease Danny H. Um, you know, you can't be Neville Chamberlain to Danny H's Hitler, as they, as they say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. What is the Godwin's law, right? How long does it take an internet conversation to get to Hitler? <laughs> uh, all right, but <laughs> good transition, I guess. Uh, all right, look, this is the conversation I wanted to have. We have talked a lot about Donovan Mitchell, how good he is, where does he rank among the league's best players. And I thought this was a good time to do a ranking of the league's best players. Uh, we decided on a top 20. I have way more than 20 names listed. I do have them in order as best as I can. Um, so I'm curious about how, how you did this. Um, so I guess we can just start from the top. Uh, I did this, but just so you know, I did like tiers versus just pure rankings. Yeah. Um, and so, and I think by the way, that's the most relevant way for the Knicks to look at this for us. It's like, uh, there is a tier of guys that you need to win a championship barring. I mean, I guess side, uh, we can get into it, but would you have put Dirk in that tier the year Dallas won the championship? Like the top tier? I can explain it better if we do this rank. Like if we, cool. yeah. All right. So this is my top tier. And I, this is how I, I qualified it. Uh, already proven and still good enough, you can win a title with them as your best player. So these are guys that have already done it. And I believe... Oh, yeah. And also, we, I should lay out the criteria that we agreed upon when we're doing this. Sorry. Uh, so the criteria me and Stacy agreed upon was, um, just because I thought this was like the easiest, fairest way to do this, um, the first is... We assumed reasonable health for basically every player in the league. Reasonable health being 60 games plus playoffs. Okay? So that's the first criteria. The second one was playoff performance. Guys, however you perceive them to perform in the playoffs, their baseline, all that kind of stuff. And then number three is we are only considering this upcoming season. So this is not a ranking of who would you pick if you were starting a franchise who would you want for the next five years? Nope, it is just for the 2022-23 season, okay? So my first tier is, again, 
already proven and still good enough that you can win a title with them as your best player. Okay? There are only three guys in this tier. And this is the order I have them in. Giannis, Steph, Kawhi. That is it. Um, I was close to putting LeBron here, but I am going to tempt fate and not put him here. I don't think he is at that level anymore. Maybe I'm totally wrong. And it's very possible because the Lakers just also have not put enough talent around him. So if you have LeBron here or somebody says I'm an idiot for not having LeBron here, that's totally fine. I think there's a very valid argument for him. He was kind of like the the one guy um, because he's already obviously won championships. Um, he's the one guy that I, I was very close to putting here. But again, I was willing to tempt fate and not put him. Um, but in that order, in that tier, I have Giannis, Steph, and Kawhi. I actually would feel much better about putting Kawhi at the top, but like I have to put him down because I didn't see him play last year. So for that reason, I am at the bottom of this tier. I also think it's reasonable if you don't want to put him in this tier at all based on the fact that you didn't see him last year. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a few things there. Um, so let's start with LeBron. First of all, I think my tier is bigger. Um, there are a couple of guys I would put in there, uh, and one is borderline. Um, so with LeBron, do you think his play has actually deteriorated when he's healthy? I mean, just to just the top line stuff from last year. 38 and 6, sorry, 30, comma 8, comma 6, uh, 52% from the field, 36%, three-point percentage. Uh, I think the true shooting was probably, yeah, 62% true shooting, 7.7 BPM. Um, career average is 8.9 BPM. Uh, obviously, he is pacing himself more in the regular season, but is there any reason to believe he wouldn't be LeBron James that we know in, a, in the playoffs? Um, yes. Uh, so last year was the first time in his entire career where he had a negative on quarter. Sorry, his first time since his rookie season that he had a negative on court rating. Um, right, now, but that who is he staggering with? Well, one of the worst. Well, I, I don't want to get on the hate Russ bandwagon, but no, that no, was no, a this, poorly constructed e- team. Even even if you look at their minutes without Russ, like so, LeBron and Russ on. If you break, it really doesn't matter how you break up their season. They basically had like no positive combinations, and they had a fucked up season. So, like again, I, I think it's you know I, I don't really have a problem if you want to put LeBron at that top tier. Um, I just. I personally, I mean, they had a 25 and 31 record last year in games that LeBron played. Like, that's, that doesn't mean he's, he is still a top 10 player at the very minimum, probably a top six, seven guy. Um, but like, the days of, I can just grandfather LeBron in, LeBron plus 11 dudes is a 50 plus one team, gonna win around in the playoffs minimum. Like, those days are over. And I, I mean, from from watching on the court, have you seen like, can, like, do you think that deterioration is visible? Because that's where it's like he looks like he can still get up. I mean, the three point shot is really deadly. Um, he can, I mean, he can still pass. I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't think he can play with the center anymore. Like, I think he really needs a spread floor. He can't just get to the rim at will like that. Like, he can get to the rim, obviously, but he's. He needs the court to be spread for him um, to be at his best. Like, he's always going to get his own numbers, 
But if you want the impact that you're hoping to have with LeBron, I think he needs that spread offensive look. That doesn't necessarily mean that doesn't need to mean a uh, five out offense. But I do think you need a legit one. You know, you need three good shooters on the floor alongside him. To yeah, be the I would. Best version of LeBron. Do you um, think that's not the case with someone like Giannis, though? I think Giannis does a lot more defensively. And that makes a big difference. LeBron is not a good defender anymore. That is fair. I will bring this up. Um, I so from visually watching, visually watching from <laughs> from the. I don't want it to hate. I hate using this term now, but from the eye test, I definitely tend to agree with you. Having watched the Lakers, um, outside transition, it can be more of a struggle for him in half court, and that's relatively speaking, obviously. Yeah, like like it's he can like I like I said like he can still get to the rim. Obviously, like he's fucking built like. But he, I mean, he's so thirty. So this is basketball reference. Take it with a grain of salt. Doesn't remove transition or blowouts, but thirty-three uh, percent of his attempts mm-hmm. were at the rim. Career average is thirty-six percent, um, and steady, shot, steady decline. Seventy-nine point six percent at the rim. Yeah. Like ste- steady, steady decline though since his Cleveland years. So if you look from his his last three years in Cleveland. 40 plus, yeah. Yeah, if they're, and they're crazy. Like 2015 16, we're at the rim, 46% of it. 46% of all of his attempts were at the rim. 2016 17, that's 43%. 2017 18, that's 42%. Then he goes to the Lakers, it's 38%, then 36.5%, then 32%, and then last year it's 32.5%. Um, are those, I think there's obviously like one. But that is what he was doing in Miami when, you yeah, know. Well, I think, I think one, this is. This is a good example of how, like, I think Teron Lewis is an awesome coach and is able to play to his best players' strengths really well, um, which the Cleveland data shows. Uh, and I think some of this is just, like, the Lakers have not ever had a perimeter scoring talent next to LeBron that can pull defenders away from the hoop like Cleveland did with Kyrie Irving, obviously. Or, and they don't – I mean, AD, even at his best – He's not the type of stretch big that like a Kevin Love was, right? Um, so I just think that's part of it too. And so like that that's not all in LeBron, but it this is just kind of like why I think LeBron needs more I hate use I really hate using this term. He needs more help than he used to. Um, How much help does LeBron need? Exactly. And it's also like I hate saying that too because he's like one with superstar teammates, which basically everybody does, so it's like, who cares? Um, but he, I just think he's less of a singular, like, if you have, like, I mean, there's enough evidence now that just having LeBron doesn't guarantee you anything. It really, like, they've missed the playoffs two of the four years he's been in LA. Obviously, that's not all on him. He's had injuries, and blah, blah, blah. But, like, you, like again, they were 21 and 35 in the 56, or 25 and 31 in the 56 games he played last year, that's not all on him. But, like, there was a point in time where it wouldn't have mattered what the other variables were, right? Uh, and if you were... But, I mean, that, that's also grading him on the curve of LeBron James versus... Like, who's... Do you... Like, who... I mean, can he be the best championship player on a championship team? Pretty obviously I, still. I don't think that's obvious. Uh, you put him on Phoenix as he's the best player on the team. I do. I think Phoenix is 
built to win a championship. I don't know. If I you mean, added LeBron James there and like for like Cam Johnson and anyone besides, well, okay, yeah. If you take out a role player and put him next to like two all star, like yes, of course. Let's say scenarios. you him, CP. So if you okay, if you if you put LeBron on the Warriors, if you put LeBron on the Warriors last year, do they win a championship? I don't think so. If LeBron instead of Steph, you're saying yeah. Okay, if you put LeBron instead of CP3 on Phoenix, I think that's a championship team. I think they're closer, uh, a lot closer. But I don't know, man. I I'm like less. I, I, I think can, if you if you had a healthy Middleton, I think if you had a healthy Middleton and Drew Holiday, and you traded LeBron for Giannis, that's a worse team. I still think that's a championship level team, and I think it's worth noting that only one wins it. But like I would have said, there were three or four championship caliber teams last year. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I didn't. Again, this is why we should go through the ranking uh, because I specifically had LeBron in a tier after this where I'm not sure if this guy could win a championship team, but I think there's a pretty good shot. Um, so for, for your first tier, I guess the criteria is basically put him put him on the fucking Kings or something. Um, or maybe my, any no, team that's my, not my, the Thunder. No, my criteria is what it is. It's I think there's no question these guys are good enough to win a championship as the best player in a team. I don't think LeBron... I have questions about LeBron. That is it. Like, that doesn't mean LeBron can't do it. It just means I have more questions about him than I have about Giannis, than I have about Steph, and that I have about Kawhi, with the assumption that we used in this ranking that everybody is healthy and they're playing at least 60 games. But I, but I think the other thing you said, which I think is worth bringing up because I think it's a good point, even within that top tier, there might be guys who can be the best player in championship team, but they need more help. Whereas there could be, like, a, you could put Giannis anywhere, and I do agree, you could probably get 50 wins um, and get into the playoffs, right? You can put, um, uh, we'll talk about Kawhi. And then the third guy you mentioned was, um, sorry, who was the third guy? Steph. Steph. I think, so I think that criteria, 50 wins, period, is Giannis and a guy you didn't mention, but I don't necessarily think it was Braun either anymore. Um, but if it's just the best player on the championship team, I think that that puts in a few other guys. It's it's just my certainty of I know, or at least I think I know, these guys right now in the year 2022 can be the best player in the championship team. There's a whole group of guys I think could be, but I'm not certain about after this. Yeah, so I mean, um, I'll go through. So I do have Giannis at the top. Um, I So with Kawhi, I'm... I don't think he's the same defender he was as a younger player. Would you disagree with that, by the way, when healthy? Uh, I think he dials it up a lot more specifically now, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know that the impact is the same as Prime. Maybe it never was going to be, right? In San Antonio, he had a more defined role. He didn't wasn't asked as much. Um, but and maybe it doesn't matter that much. But I have a guy ahead of him who, when Kawhi had Paul George and... A, a team that was considered title favorites, this guy beat him. You can say the bubble isn't real. I am uh, going to say the bubble is not real. Um, I, I, I'm not I putting, love the guy you're talking about. I just don't care. And he has <laughs> won two MVPs the last two years. I really think what Jokic did last year was really underrated. People yeah, kept talking awesome. about where they finished, but they, I mean, Murray was out. I got, I got, so my tier one would be Giannis Jokic, um, and my ranking, I guess this is regular season, so I do have Embiid 3. I think it's fair to question, given how many playoff failures they've had, whether you can win a championship with him. But I do have Embiid in that top tier. Then I have Braun. 
Um, and then this is another guy I think it's worth talking about more. Um, I mean, he's still only 20, what, 23, Luca? Um, I got him in that tier. But my, my tier one would be the three guys. I still have Kawhi in tier one, but it would be Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, LeBron, Luca, Steph, Kawhi. That's my tier one. Yeah, I, I always – I if I was actually, like, if I was trying to do this very, very scientifically, I would have combined these two tiers probably and maybe even – I think I have one guy in this next year that you probably don't have. Uh, there is um, a guy I left out who – just came two guys, two wins away from winning the championship as the best player. So that's worth mentioning too. But um, but if yes. that's not him, then <laughs> no, it's not him. Um, but oh, I, I sorry. We if we're assuming health, I would put Katie in that tier too. So that's eight. Um, yeah, I had Katie in that tier, but he's in the next tier. Like I, I, I was just trying to separate this as much as I could. So like. I, if I was, I'm going to tell you this. Like the the top two tiers I have could really be viewed as one big group and just like two sub tiers, if yeah. that makes sense. So like the that's why like the LeBron piece of it. Like I don't really like if you were like I think LeBron can be the best part of a championship team. I'm not going to argue that too much. Like I, I'm just not. I, I I think he's a lot more in the. He's in the mix now versus like the time where he was clearing away. The best yeah, player. yeah, like he's the, the he's in the mix now. But yeah, so Do you think Giannis is clearing away the best player? Yeah, I think so. Um, I I really don't think people like without Middleton, they have they had no good shot creation other than Giannis. Like Holiday, I love Drew. His defense is amazing. He is really, really, truly an atrocious shot maker in the playoffs. Like, that playoff series against Boston is one of the worst things I think I've ever witnessed by <laughs> a fucking player. I'm just going to pull up the numbers right now, because I don't know if you know this, basketball reference now, they have... Um, and he was bad last year in the finals, too. Yeah, they have guys' playoff series, like, they have yeah. every player's playoff series now listed. So this was his series against Boston, okay? Uh, this is set over seven games, 40 and a half minutes per game. He averaged 21, 6, 6.3. Sounds pretty good, right? Here's the problem. His shooting splits were 36, 30, 95.2. I mean, the free throw percentage really matters. 36 and a half and 30. And this is what he did in the finals last year. Again, I love Drew. He's a great defensive player. In the finals last year, 16.7 points, 6.2 rebounds, 9.3 assists, so way better distribution numbers. But here's what he shot. 36 for the field, 31.5 from three. Like, he has some of these atrocious series. Last year against Brooklyn in the Eastern Conference semifinals. 15 points, 5.4 rebounds, 6 assists. Here are, here are shooting splits. Like, honestly, this is just fucking Jesus. 36, 26. 72.7. I love, like, I love Drew. He's Sounds really- like a, a Nelly song. 34, yeah. <laughs> 27. <laughs> like, I, lo- I really love Drew, but I, like, the, the lack of shot creation on that team, aside from Giannis, against a defense that good, 
But anyone can create shots if they can just be seven feet tall and <laughs> run and jump, right? Yeah, I wish I could just, you know, I wish I could just run around. Put JaVale McGee on that team. He's putting 30. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I just think that there's not enough appreciation for, and really, like, we'll get to Middleton later in my list, but, like, I think this, it just really goes to show you how underrated Middleton is, too. Uh, because yeah. I think with Middleton that they, I would be, I would have just, like, I mean, there's no way to prove this, right? But I, I would have been so confident that they won a second title this year uh, if he had been healthy. But that's the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, right. but, but I think there's two guys. Um, so in your second tier, who do you have there? Okay, so this is my second tier. All right, so I want I want to make this very clear to anybody listening. I have two. I'm gonna, I, from now on, I'm going to do this for the next groups of tiers I have. My second tier, this is not really a second tier, it's a... 1B. Yeah, it's a 1B. So the fir- 1A was, these are guys, I'm 100% sure, in my opinion anyway, obviously, uh, that they can be the best friend of championship teams. That was Giannis, Steph, Kawhi. Right? This is 1B. Guys, I feel pretty confident that you can that can be the best player in a championship team, but I don't have that that, like, you know, 100% in my heart feeling about them. Uh, okay. I think... Okay, this is... Yeah, this is in order. I, I had to make sure because I did some of these just, like, as I was going along. Uh, but yeah, alright, so this is my list. In order, LeBron, Luka, Jokic, Embiid, KD, Butler. Okay. Um, so what I wasn't sure about Butler. I, I wasn't sure about Butler, but like I, I just ha- like I really another example of a guy like you watched that playoff run they had last year, and they really did not have anybody else that could create a shot, and they still somehow managed to almost beat Boston in seven games. Um, and I think but they didn't beat Boston. Story. And one of the guys who left off was on Boston, right? Well, I think that Boston had a much better team. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I think this undersells Bam a bit. I think I really think his playoff, like whatever shortcomings, were massively overstated. That said, um, you know, Jimmy's obviously pretty impressive, um, but um, I probably would put Tatum over Jimmy, uh, and I don't think I would have. If I was going to put someone in that tier, it would be Tatum, not Jimmy. Well, Tatum is in the next tier, so we'll get to him in a second. Um, and then, so, did you have Embiid in this tier? I did have Embiid in this tier. I had him right below Jokic. I kept going back and forth on that. I think I think I should actually reverse that and have Embiid over Jokic, but I'm going to give Jokic the benefit of the doubt because even though it was the bubble, he has gone to a conference finals and Embiid has not. I also think if you look at his 2020 one playoffs. I mean, not they only they lost, they got swept in the second round by Phoenix, but like the fact they won that series against Portland, I think is so impressive because Jamal Murray was out. I just think they they really should not have won that series and not, not as easily as they did and the fact they did is a testament to Jokic. I mean, I think that Clippers series is like bubble or not. I mean, he he outplayed Kawhi and PG. Yeah, it's just I I I'm a, bu- I'm a bubble. And I think there's a lot of fairness in that, but I also think a lot of what we saw wasn't, like, 
I mean, what Kawhi and PG did in the fourth quarter of Game 7 was just, I think, anywhere that was atrocious. Um, <laughs> I also think there's something you said about Jokic being the best regular season player for the last two years, bar none. Uh, I understand a lot of people wanted Embiid to win, and I think in the playoffs that gap is much closer. Um, perhaps Embiid gets the advantage for defense, but in the regular season, what Jokic is doing is ridiculous. I think that has to have some merit here. Uh, what would Luca have to do to be in that top tier for you? Win a championship? Like that's I, I'm pretty basic. I I'm not I'm never going to credit guys for what I think you can do. Like when it comes to that, when it comes to winning, but a he's championship, been. Despite not having a great roster around him, um, despite not being known as the best defender, he's on the seventh best defense. I mean, I'm personally hoping that Jalen Brunson was the glue holding that defense together, but I'm a little skeptical. Um, so, you know, I think he's done everything you could ask. And the playoffs has been even better. Yeah, he has. Uh, but, I, again, I'm just very, like... Like... Uh, he just has to win. I don't. I can't. I, I won't give guys credit for like what I think you can do as far as championship, like win, like being the best player on a championship team. I can't give you credit for that until you do it because like people would have told me for like eight. There was like an eight year period where it was like, oh, well, Harden can definitely be that guy. Harden can definitely be that guy. Harden can definitely be that guy, and that's fine and well and good, and you can believe that. But like until a guy does it, I don't know that for sure. But I mean, I think the difference is Luca has been better in the playoffs than Harden was. Of course, of course, he has. Like, if you like want Harden to was run, known for being much worse and the more ball concept not working as well this, in the playoffs. This, this is just my how I view it. So, like, if you want to put Luca in the higher tier, I don't have a massive problem with it. I just can't. Like, I love Luca as player. I think you know. Um, I, I think he has every opportunity to get up into that group. I think he has the potential to be a top 10 all-time player in the, in the history of the NBA, but like I just need to, he just has to do it. That's it. I mean, he, that's why I put him in this tier. I think there's you know, there's a 99% chance he's good enough to be that guy, but there's a 1% chance where I'm like, I don't know, like I see some stuff in that Warrior series where you know, they get outscored in the minutes that he played actually. And is that like the tell-all? Like, oh my God, they're some massive flaw. No, it's not that. But like, he's not a good defender, and I think that there are ways to expose that. Um, and that there, and and I think a team like Golden State stresses that because they can hunt you on defense without just trying to mismatch hunt. Right? They can. They they are going to make you work off the ball. They're going to make you be attentive. They're going to make you run the floor because they're going to play at a high tempo. Uh, they are going to have all kinds of off-ball actions that require you to lock in. And the other part of it is, I don't love his style of play. I don't love the fucking come down, run a screen, run another screen, get a mismatch, ISO the guy 65,000 times. Like, I don't love that offense. And I wonder how viable that is uh, as far as, winning four playoff rounds. This is something Kobe talked about, by the way, when it came to Harden as well. Yeah, like, I, I, I wonder about that stuff. And I gotta be honest, like, if we're gonna, you know, we're gonna put the cards on the table, I think there's evidence that a lot of guys that that view themselves as stars or that 
that feel like they could be stars or want more on-ball reps, like, they don't love playing with Luka. They don't love playing that style. And the reason this isn't shouldn't be a shocker is, like, we saw the same thing play out with Harden over the course of his career. Like, look, look is... Is the fact that like Dennis Wood Jr. sucks, right? He's he's a terrible basketball player. But he didn't enjoy playing with Luca and he basically immediately quit once they acquired him. Do, would I care if I was Dallas? No, not really. It's fucking Dennis Wood Jr. Who cares? He sucks. Like, not a big deal. They go into Kristaps. He doesn't like playing with Luca. Is that a huge deal? Because Kristaps is always injured and he's flawed and he's not all No, it's not it's not a huge thing. And he's also a terrible shot creator, so of course, like you're going to depend more on Luca than you are on KB. Is that a is that a big deal in a vacuum? No, but it, it says something. And then you have the Brunson piece of it, where like, sure, it comes comes down to money. But we also saw reports that like Brunson thought he could do more with the ball in his hands than he got a chance to in Dallas, and he knew he was never going to get that chance in Dallas. And that's partially because of how Dallas plays and how Luca plays. And you know, again, like, is it a massive crisis? And does it say, like, Luca is some horribly flawed player because of this? No. But it does lend itself to the notion that, yeah, maybe, like, the giving Luca 38 usage and letting him dictate the terms of every single possession in the half court, maybe that's not the best way to win a championship. And maybe that's also a way that is hard for other guys to buy into. Um, I think that's those are valid. If I if I was going to tell you why I'm not completely sold on Luca, those would be the things. Yeah, that's um, I, I. I would never bring up Dennis Petrunier. Uh, it's it's not it's not to bring him up because like again like he doesn't matter and he's obviously yeah. delusional. But it's more like do guys enjoy playing with Luca or yeah, would you yeah, be able yeah. to surround him with the kind of Robin for that lack of a better word? Um, I get that. I do think. I think it's worth it if a player is of a certain caliber. Like, LeBron has run that style. Um, I don't think guys necessarily dislike playing with Luka. Um, I think that, um, uh, I don't think, I think Brunson was fine staying there. I think he probably did think he was worth more than what Dallas was willing to give him. But he's also willing to sign for 56 mil. I think he liked winning, I think. Um, I think that it's just Luke has only been here four years and he hasn't had a great roster. So I, I do get that you have to see it. Um, so that's that's a pretty valid reason. But my eyes, I think that he is that caliber of talent. Like a guy like James Harden might not have been good enough where it's worth it in the playoffs, especially without a mid-range game. I think Luke and he also like the difference. You can just look at their performances in elimination games, and that tells you the difference between Luke and Harden. Yeah, one of them blew out. I mean, that, the, the sun, the sunset was more than just Luca sunset. I like that. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think that's, but we talked a lot about Luca. I think so. We're up to nine guys on your tier. I think I'd probably leave Jimmy off, but, um, I think we're mostly in agreement. Yeah. Uh, the other KD was like a tough one for me to have in here because I kind of think he's exiting this group, but he, their playoff run, I mean, they didn't have a playoff run. Uh, he was terrible in the playoffs. I also think it just shows his limitations as far as, like, if you need him to initiate so much offense, that's just not what he is. Like, the way I've always thought about it is, for all the praise KD gets, and he's, you know, he's a great player, obviously. Like, uh, 
what is he better at than Kawhi? And I couldn't tell you. Um, I think three-point shooting and mid-range shooting, still, I would say. Is he? I think Kawhi has... I mean, I know last couple of years, Katie's been crazy for mid-range, but, like, I mean, Kawhi's been an assassin in the mid-range for most of his career. He's also, like, weirdly... Uh, I mean, even when he was... I mean, he, he's just been a crazy playoff performer. Um, his I think his true shooting percentage is higher in the playoffs than it is in the regular season. Um, yeah, I mean, so... For, they're actually very close in mid-range. Um, so from 10 to 16 feet for career, this is regular season, um, Kawhi is 46% from 10 to 16, 44 from 16 to 3. Um, uh, KD is 47 from 10 to 16, and uh, 44.7 from 16 to 23. Uh, literally six basis points difference. Um, I'd still give the edge to KD um, because of like the volume and the load that he's taken, especially the last couple of years on that and the trend there, uh, as well as just fact, the fact that he can get them up at higher volume. I think it's, it's picking nits because obviously Kawhi can shoot over most people. Um, but I would give him a slight advantage there. I still think Kawhi is a much better defender. Um, I, I think they're pretty similar as passers. Um, I think KD is a little bit flashier as a passer, but you know, that doesn't matter as much. Um, he turns he turns the ball over more than Kawhi. Yeah, like yeah. Kawhi. Kawhi is Kawhi, the one thing that's always stood out to, about Kawhi is his turnover percentages are like ludicrous. Uh, he's got a nine point two career turnover percentage at twenty five usage. Uh, KD's at twelve and a half at thirty usage. Obviously, Kawhi's like career is so weird though. But if you just look at when he became a true high usage guy, so twenty fifteen sixteen. Well, now he is 30 usage at 9.0 turnover percentage. That's Kawhi. So, yeah, I just feel like he's crazy. Uh, he's got a 60 true shooting percentage for his career in the regular season, 62 in the playoffs. Um, yeah, and he definitely does a better job getting to the rim. Yeah, and he, even if you want to say that, like, point, yeah. yeah, and if you want to say he was more of a role player until his last couple of years in San Antonio. If you just take that portion of his playoff performance, he's at 63 true shooting on 30 usage, uh, whereas KD for his career is, for the playoffs, he is 60 true shooting on 31 usage, so I feel pretty confident. I feel good about my Kawhi's better at the stuff that wins championships than KD, uh, which is... Yeah, I put Kawhi over KD at this point. Um, yeah. But I, just, I, just say, I, I, I think I, there are things that KD does better. That's the only reason. Yeah. And and I guess like the thing with KD, I just want to go back to it real quick. Is like I don't. He so I think him and Kawhi are very interesting in that I think they they're both really have always needed to play next to some type of playmaker. Solid, yeah, a solid half court playmaker um, because they can do it, but they you know you want them to be scorers first, right? Um, and so, like, with Ka with Kawhi, Kawhi did it with Lowry, and I love Lowry, but, like, Lowry's not Steph, right? Like, he's he's not that caliber of a half-court playmaker or something. So that's really impressive to me. But to, just to bring it to KD, like, I think what you saw this year is, like, Kyrie is super talented, but I think it's fair to say throughout his career, one of his biggest weaknesses has been being a half-court playmaker, initiator, however you want to phrase it, um, and being it doing that consistently. So the fact KD, you know, didn't have that kind of setup man for him this year, especially because Harden left, 
you saw in the playoffs what his limitations are as a shot creator against a physical defense, a defense that had multiple guys they could throw at him, uh, give him different looks. And he really struggled. He couldn't hold the spot, couldn't get to his spots off the dribble, couldn't get to the rim off the dribble. Uh, I, I put him in this tier. I think he's on his way out. But there's a world where they get a half-court playmaker and all of a sudden the stuff that we saw in the playoffs isn't nearly as concerning because teams won't be able to look up on him as much and he is firmly able to be the best player in the championship team. So that's why I put him in this tier. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I'm not a KD believer, though. Never have been. Fuck him. Um, all right, this is my next tier. Uh, so this tier is, it is like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's nine guys. This is like, the, there's three separate groupings I had. So the top grouping is these are young one and a halves that are maybe ascending to true ones. Uh, and I had Tatum and I had Booker here. Okay. I would, um, I think I'd add. Jimmy to that and not have him in the tier above? Well, he would then have to go in my second group, but that's fine. Um, yeah, so I think where I ended up there... Um, sorry, just pulling it up. Yeah, I, I mean, I can just... Well, I, 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 I did pull George, too. I did okay. pull. I, well, I can go through the full nine names and just give you each tier if you want. So, those are the first two, Tatum and Booker. Those are young one-and-a-halves that I are maybe ascending to ones. Uh, I had Tatum above Booker because, I mean, they both have kind of done the same exact thing um, in their careers. But, I mean, you get what I'm saying. Like, in terms of title, they went to finals, losing six games, whatever. Um, whatever, yeah. those those That's where I had those two guys. The next tier was old one-and-a-halves, maybe descending to twos. And I put Hard in here, and I put Dame here. I wouldn't be surprised if I look back at this and I put them too high, but I gave them the benefit of the doubt of last year was weird and maybe this year they come back and they're fine. So I put them here. I don't feel great about it, but I just kind of gave them the benefit of the doubt. And then the final group was definite twos for a true title contender. Uh, again, this is assuming health. I want to make this very clear. So I had this in order as AD, PG, Middleton, Siakam, Bam. Yeah. Um, so the nine names in total are Tatum, Booker, Harden, Dame, AD, PG, Siakam, Middleton, Bam. I would still put PG and AD in that... Um aging but can be a number one tier if i'm putting hard in there i'm not not putting ad in there uh and i'm not putting pg at this point i, I think it's very tough for me to buy the argument that um harden deserves the benefit of the doubt over paul george i mean he's taking he's working out <laughs> <laughs> he's exercising i think omar just vomited if he was listening to this podcast um no i mean i think um and then bam is a weird guard to me um because he really, I mean, I think that this is probably why we're a little bit apart on Jimmy. Um, I think Bam was massively important, um, more especially. I mean, 
bubble fine. You can, but he's been extremely important in their success. I don't think that is one of the top tier teams in the East without him. Um, I think if you put him on a team without a guy like Jimmy, but a, a worse player, I think there's he's still just such a game changer on defense and as a connective tissue on offense. He's a jump shot away, I think, from really being talked about as the best player on championship team. Even without that, though, um, I, I yeah, so that's that's kind of where I'm at. So, um, so as Booker, Tatum are the only ones that are young. Um, you had, um, in terms of the aging ones, you had uh, Harden. Who else? Uh, I had Dame in that group. Harden, like I said, I, 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 so the reason. All right, I'll, I'll say this because you talked about AD and PG. I don't think AD and PG were ever good enough to be ones on a title team. I don't so know, like, but but Dame hasn't done that either. He hasn't. He hasn't. Like this is I, this is just my thought on it. I think though, I think Harden and Dame, and Harden more so than Dame, to be very clear. I think those guys at one point in their careers were they were they would have been in that. I think they can be number ones on title teams, but I'm not certain. They were in that group for me. Dame at the very very bottom, and Harden towards the top. But like. So I'm strictly putting them here based on the fact that they once were that good. And I think there's a chance, like, as much as I'd like to shit on Harden, last year it was weird. If you look at the year before when he was in Brooklyn, he was pretty fucking awesome when he was healthy. Um, if he gets to that level, like, which I don't think is unreasonable, because even that version of him was not peak Harden. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't that same level of player but it was still really, really fucking good. And I think if Dane can get back to what he was in the last full season he played, so 2020, 2021, um, he's, he's like, he's probably, Dame's always been weird for me because I think the best way I can put it is he is like the worst best player you could be on a title team conceivably. Yeah. That I'm, makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I, so here, there's two things. Uh, why I put PG and AD in this with George, um, his last year in OKC, and really when he's been healthy in LA, he has been he has looked in the regular season like that, mm-hmm. like a tier one guy. Um, I think I would disagree with the notion that he couldn't be the best player on a um, championship team at any point in his career because, particularly, I mean they 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 were they lost the Heatles in seven games. Um, and that was that Paul George was by far the best player. Um, remember when him and LeBron like made out? Yeah, I remember like the phantom <laughs> flop. Uh, also the Lance that was the Lance Stevenson series where he was blowing in LeBron's ear. No, that was the second. Yeah, the second time they played. Yeah. Um, and I think he's been awesome in 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 LA. Um, so I put him there, and then with AD, it, it's a little bit complicated. Because I don't think he can be your number one offensive option, but he's a game-changing defender when healthy. Uh, that's the big caveat. But we are assuming healthier. Um, yeah, that's and- that's why I had him this high. Like, if if because that's why this is a big group to me. I just like and the thing I have always loved about AD when he's healthy is like he can play with anybody. He can play with anybody. There's not a player in the NBA like if you had it, him and Bam. Neither of them is like a good floor spacer. Would you really be concerned if you had to play them together? No, you'd figure yeah, it out. Like that, like AD can play with anyone, and that's that's why to me, he like the best thing about him is, and I 
I think I had him pegged wrong for the longest time as like he, you know, there's always the there was an argument for all right between like him and Giannis, who's better, and like what I think I realized is that what makes AD special isn't that he can like carry a team in the way Giannis can, and you know, show like shoulder the offensive burden and all that kind of stuff. It's that he is such a versatile and good and elite play finisher. And if you put him next to like a top end playmaker, that guy is a killer. Like he, he's absolutely lethal. And that's probably why I would put him over. So I, I don't think at any point in his career, I would have been confident saying Dame can be the best player on a championship team. That's probably a hot take to a lot of people. He's no, as close, reasonable. He's as close to Steph as we've seen, but he's not Steph. Um, and he's better, dude. He hits logo threes to win a series. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think he's like you need, but he's he's below six five. Doesn't add value on defense. Um, that is a massive, massive hurdle to overcome when you're building a championship team. Um, if that's your best player, that's I mean it is what it is. If I think Dame and PG, the the conversation we just had, if you had Dame and AD together, that's a pairing that I think would have worked with both being like and debatably who is the best player. I mean, you know, they were really that was really close to happening. You know that, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but we've, so we've, and we have seen that Dame, you can't play him with a small backcourt guy. To your point, you can play with AD with a non-spacing big. There, so there is I, a small backcourt guy that AD, that Dame could play with, but, uh, unfortunately he's under contract with the New York Knicks. So. <laughs> um, that guy could play with anyone too. Um, but, um, I, I mean, I assume we're talking about the guy who's great in his role, right? <laughs> um, but I, I think that, um, that would be kind of why I would put KD or P- PG and Evan Davis in that group. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like I said, I, I the thing with these lists is I, I really, I think people get like really upset about lists, and sometimes they're like stupid things. But if you do any exercise like this, there's going to be people like shit that no people don't agree with. Um, and I would say I think Jimmy is in the same tier as these guys. Um, and yeah, Harden is fair. very much a question mark for me, but I do I, agree I think, that yeah. but the last time he was not in a weird situation, he was awesome. But I would put Jimmy here with them, um, just because like he he's not a player without flaws too. And, and like, can you play Jimmy without spacing? Like, there are some difficulties building a team around him because of the lack of shooting, right? So, yeah, no, there's definitely concerns about it. I think I just I just feel like Jimmy, he's kind of like life. He finds a way, you know. <laughs> Um. All right. Yeah. Like that's that was so that would all be like my tier two. I didn't feel great about. I know you're way. You're definitely higher on Bam than I am. Um, but like I think, like I get the vision with Bam. I just I'd like to see him be more forceful offensively. Um, particularly in the playoffs. I thought I don't know what was going on with him in that Boston series. Like. Especially because he had that amazing game three, and then it was just like he was invisible. Um, he's. Really I think good. it's also Spo. Their offense is they like to move the ball and all of that. It's too right? egalitarian sometimes. Yeah, and so he's probably and he's a young player trying to fit into that. But I think the talent is there. Yeah, I mean the his. I didn't even realize until you brought it up a couple pods ago. But like, yeah, he he was gradually up his usage. He was at twenty five usage this year, this past season. Uh, I think at like sixty two true shooting, which is 
pretty amazing. Uh, he's obviously a really good big man, ball handler, passer. I know that he gets a lot of shit from people because they're like, oh, he just gets assists because they run DHOs all the time. And I Running a DHO is a skill, uh, believe it or not. I know Shout this, out Julius Randle. Yes. I know this because I watched Julius Randle play basketball here. Um, but, like, yeah, I think there's there's something there. I guess the way I would put it is, like, I don't – there are people that have talked about, like, what if Bam can, like – get up to that higher, you know, I just don't see the, the level for him to get to like, you know, that top tier of player, but he could definitely, I mean, he, he's, I think he will win a deep defensive player of the year. Within the if next you five take years him, too. if you take Jokic and Embiid out of the NBA, uh, I feel like Bam is as good as, I think he is center. the best player. Um, I think if we're talking about offensive limitations with Bam, the other guy who I would, consider is Rudy, and obviously there's more limitations there. Uh, I do think Rudy's a better overall defender, but Bam gives you more versatility. The other guys in that group would probably be Jared Allen, who is coming, and that's fair to like think that he has a case there. Uh, or Aiden, who um, I'm still taking Bam. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and Feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So so the rest of your list was Siakam. Who else? Siakam. Uh, it was Middleton, then Siakam, then Bam. Um, okay, so the guys. Um, so okay, so where I had um, I had Booker, Paul, Bam. I didn't do it based on the age thing or anything. And then I had the next group. I had Trey, Dame, Kyrie, Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, Beal, and Cat. So um, this is your tier three. This would be. Um, this would be. These are guys who I think could be the second best player on a championship team. But you need okay. one of the guys from the top group. Um, I think a couple of guys I have that you don't. So I'm higher on a guy like Trey than Siakam. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I shouldn't be. Um, no, it's. I think again, like this is this is why these lists are always fun to do because I think there's. It just depends on how you view it, you know. Like there's all kinds of ways to do it. Um, but so why wouldn't? So do you think Trey, if you put him next to a guy like Prime AD, that team can win a championship? Because he'd be the second best player on that team. I really, I think Trey's really, really bad on defense. He's That's in true. my next. He's in my next tier. I have a tier of three guys. He's one of them uh, that headlines my my tier three. But like, yeah, I just i I think if you want to put Trey there, I got no problem with it because he is. Really I mean, they good. made the Eastern Conference Finals without um, with him as their best player, and yeah, they did, uh, but. Getting to the Eastern Conference Finals once versus, you know, winning a championship in that role is 
very different things. I think they were extremely fortunate. Was Siakam the number two, though, when he won the championship? I think he was like a two and a half. I, think I would have still said Lowry on offense. I would have argued that Lowry and even Van Fleet had bigger Maybe, roles. but he, he fucking, he, he outplayed Draymond straight up head to head in that series pretty badly. Um, which, and that Draymond was a lot better than this current version of Draymond, who's also in my next year in his own subcategory. Um, but like, he, I, I think he was really, really good. And he's been really good since then, too. Like He's made two All-NBA teams, I think. I think last year, the second half of the season, he was as good as anybody. I think Siakam's really good. And I think he gets underrated a lot. I've underrated him at various points. Um, I, just, I just think he's a really good player. And uh, I, I, feel really, I feel much more confident that he could be the second-best player on a championship team and he can slot into that role and, and work in that role than I do about Trey being the second best player on a championship team because one, his defense is atrocious. And two Any sub six five. That always complicates yeah. things. And and the second part of it is that I he has a lot of he has the skill set to be a good off ball player. He has not shown it yet. That's not entirely his fault because they didn't have a lot of shot creation around him. But like He's never been a particularly good off-ball player, or at least a high-volume one. He doesn't move off the ball well. He doesn't cut. He doesn't find space to make himself available for catch-and-shoot shots. Like He should be really good off-ball. I just need to see it before I can... I think that a lot of that is their off... I would tend to agree, although I think he's flashed that ability. Like I think he's shown some of that. You can see the influence of Steph on his game. like The relocation stuff, they're just very heliocentric. But somebody posted this. Um, but if you watch what he what they used how they used him at Oklahoma, um, like he was terrific sprinting around screens, shooting off movement. Um, I think he's a very smart player. I think it, they just have had Atlanta's kind of gone to the Maury Ball approach because of him, um, and that's why. Dejounte now though, so we'll see. What? David Dejounte now though too, so that that'll be interesting to see how they play off each other. Yeah, and and I, and I think he's very capable of it, uh, and that's probably why I'm higher on a guy like Luca than I was with Harden. Because I think the, I mean, Harden was smart enough where he could have been that player if he had, if he was inclined that way. And maybe he would have if he didn't go to Houston and they didn't lead into some of those habits. But a lot of the times, these heliocentric guys, it's like, can he, can he play off the ball? In some cases, the answer is no. Probably a guy like Russell Westbrook. Um, but in the case of a guy like Luca or Trey, I think they can be very effective. Like, Luca has flashed the ability to cut when he's played off ball. Like the understand spacing, I think the fact that they're heliocentric by nature is more just how talented they are with the ball in their hands, and how easy it is to like set up offense and get guys in the roles without having to ask them to do too much, than it is, um, you know, um, than it is like any kind of shortcoming on their part. Yeah, I agree. Uh... Okay, so um, so to be clear, your tier two are players who could be the second best player on championship team. Yeah. And so, just to be even more clear, I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. That's already 18 guys I have. Yeah, so guys that you don't have, we talked about Trey, um, You, I think Kyrie has done it, and I think that when he's not he, being Kyrie... He's done it, I don't think he's that guy anymore. I, I like You think his game has actually diminished? I think he, like, uh, he's doing crazy shit, but... I, I think his game is diminished. I don't think he can get to the rim as frequently. I don't think... 
his. And I'll just say this: I don't think he works as a two very well unless he's playing with like LeBron James. Like he, you know, I just I don't know. I don't really love him as a two off of most other guys. Like maybe off of Giannis, off of LeBron, off of off of some kind of primary that can like also be an initiator and also be awesome on defense at times. Like he's just, I'm just out on Kyrie. I like can't figure him out. He's actually in my next year, but like he's very much uh, just a, I I just have him at a point where like he has done it as a two. I respect that. I just can't put him in that group anymore because I haven't seen it since he left Cleveland. Like, so the last time I saw Kyrie and I was like, he can definitely be the second best player in a championship team was 2016-17. I haven't seen it since then. That is five seasons now. So I just can't. I, I, that's too much benefit of the doubt I'm giving him. I'm, can't do it. Yeah. Um, I, so it's worth mentioning, to your point, he has um, steadily he got to the rim 36% of his attempts as a rookie. That has steadily decreased throughout his career. Um, last year, last year we can throw that out. I'm not gonna because it's just a weird season. But even the year before, only got to the rim 20% of his attempts, which is in line with Cleveland, but a noticeable drop. I think it was about flirting with 25%. Um, I do think still the, the shot picking, uh, I think he's, is is worthwhile. I think he's underrated as a passer. He's a smart off ball player. He's probably underrated a little bit as a defender at this point. Um. I think it's more just the the craziness and you know how much all that drama kind of affected everything that overshadowed it. But I still think you put him and like you kind of make it clear to him this is what it is. He can be pretty effective. The other guys who I have in this tier um, are Beal and Cat, and and my 18th player is Donovan Mitchell. So maybe we, I don't know if that's a good segue, but um, so let's talk about Cat first. Um, I think it, I'm fascinated to see what happens this year. Um, that is a very interesting team. Even if even if Anthony Edwards does take more of a linear improvement than the jump a lot of us are expecting. Um, but I think Cat, I'm interested to see if Cat works better at the four. I think he's a generational center. I think that for all his flaws on defense, is he that much worse than a guy like Jokic in the playoffs? I don't think so. I think Jokic tries harder in the regular season, so as an advanced stats. Defender is a little bit solid. I think Cat's very underrated as a passer. You put him with one of those tier one guards. Like, you put Cat on a team with Steph. I think they're winning. Um, you put him on a team with, I think, anyone really in our top seven, eight guys. I think they win a title. Or they, they, they can. Um, Maybe not like Jokic or Embiid. But. Cat's just weird for me. I, I have no idea what to do with him. Uh, he's in my next year also. My next year is like, guys, I just really generally am like, I don't know what to do with you. Um, is Donald Mitchell in that tier? Yes, he is in that tier. Cat's uh, an amazing scorer. I just, his tangibles are so, or sorry, his intangibles are just like really frustrating his temperament on the court. I feel like he can... He's like he plays on an edge, but not not in a good way. Like not in a way that I think 
is useful. He he reminds me so much of Carmelo in the sense of like you can throw him off his game by just like you know, doing stupid shit to get under his skin, frustrating him. Then he gets into like these bickering arguments with the refs about not getting calls and all this kind of stuff. He he's his own worst enemy. Uh he's twenty six now, so he's not super old. Maybe he matures out of that, but like I, he's just really frustrating for me. It is I worth think, noting the last couple of years, Cat has gone through, you know, off the court probably more than for sure. And that any other player, yeah, definitely. Uh, and then you know the defense stuff with him, like, I, I don't know what it says. I, it, it's it's cool that they like. I, I respect them going big on Gobert. I don't think they should have at that price, but like, I understand it and I respect why they did it. But like. It does say something to me about Cat that they felt the need to do that. Um, like they didn't just go out and get a center; they went out and got the best center they could possibly get. Yeah, and, but I think part of that also is like if you're a small market and you have um, a guy who probably I think some of us think he has MVP potential um, and he's ascending. You have another young player in his prime. You're paired him with you. That's the kind of move like. So it's not getting that kind of guy, and if it is the perfect guy that complements them, I think that's part of it. But I do get what you're saying. Like they did, like it's not a, the the most ringing endorsement of Cat. Yeah, I mean it's it's specifically a uh, a response to things he struggles with, like notably defensive rebounding. Uh, he's really terrible at controlling the glass. I think they were the worst defensive rebounding team in the league last year, um, and the fact that defensively he's just you know, yeah, you can have him come up to the level on screens, but like that's he's a mess on defense, and you can get it. I actually think he played very well to his credit uh, against Memphis at times in that series defensively. I thought he showed out much better than I expected, but like you still don't feel great about it. And that was one series, you know what I mean? Like you have to win four, and him not being able to, in my opinion, anyway, and probably never being able to play four defensive. Four series good enough defensively to be the anchor of a championship defense is an issue. Um, and then, okay, so, um, so I think that's that's fair. Um, I do, it do sound like with tier two, it seems like they're those guys are just offensively probably a gear short for your tier two. These guys are probably offensively a gear short of really being the guy, but can but don't have glaring flaws that really can compromise the team. Whereas yes. guys in your tier three, like those are flashing red lights, red flags, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, and, and, and it's possible that some of the guys in tier three have higher ceilings. So yeah, like, if they fix that flaw, yeah. Yeah, so this is my tier three. And then there is one other guy I wanted to ask about tier yeah. two, sorry. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, in the aging star realm, I left out a guy who made the finals last year as at minimum, their, uh, two years ago, sorry, as minimum the, the second best oh, player. Oh, here's him at tier three. Um, and this year did have a weird playoffs, but, um, I mean, it was the best team in the league. Chris Paul, what's, uh, do you really think, I think you're, I think you're more lower on or higher on the, you are, you believe more in like a significant decline, I think, than I do. I think you just had a weird playoff series, but. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. He, he's just a very weird player at this point in his career, obviously not all time. He's pretty. Just Do you think Chris Paul could have been the best player on a championship team in his prime? No. Okay. But he would have been uh, firmly I, tier two. Yeah, definitely a tier two guy. No doubt. I mean, they almost did it in 2018, and that wasn't even his prime. 
you know? Um, so, yeah. Uh, this is my tier three. I have them. In, this is in three groups. Uh, so the top group is unproven ones I may be less bullish on than consensus. Uh, so in order, I had this as Zion, Trey, Ja. Uh, and then my next tier is a tier called Draymond, and it's just Draymond. Uh, and then the next tier is... A pimp is... named Slipback. <laughs> and then my next tier is guys I think can be high-level twos, but not for sure sold on it. Uh, so that's Chris Paul. That's Cat. I think you'll be surprised by this one. That is Gobert. Uh, then I have Spida, and then I have Ingram, followed by Beal, Kyrie, and Ant-Man. Okay, Ant-Man, I think that, that is one guy I really wanted to talk to. Um, you want to talk to him? I wanted to, I wanted, I will, yeah. <laughs> I, want to, I want him to talk shit to me uh, to get under my skin. Uh, India? I, 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 that India? Was, that whack. <laughs> that is the biggest disappointment. I was really hoping he would see that meme or respond to it. Um, so that's the one, the one uh, complaint I have with, with no my, regrets. Um, <laughs> the uh, so the, I think that so in your in your you had Jaw Trey and Zion. Zion is just weird. Um, I think that yeah, like if he can stay healthy and be in shape, I've always thought he was a generational talent. Um, I think there's more upside. Uh, the biggest thing with me, the shock more than the conditioning or anything was like defense, uh, which was probably my favorite part of his game at Duke. Um, like the motor, the instincts, just, we haven't seen that part of that is being a tweener in the NBA and that having more of an impact, but a lot of it is just effort. And considering like his motor was one of my favorite things about him, like that motor and athleticism combination, I, I want to see what happens, but you know, he's a young player. Um, I guess my question would be, I get having Trey above Donovan Mitchell. Why is Ja in there and not Donovan Mitchell? Uh, good question. I think Ja is just, I, as much as I love to meme him, uh, he is younger. Uh, I think he has shown. But every, but this is about this season, right? Who's better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think Ja has shown a better propensity to run an offense than Mitchell. I think Mitchell is a much better scorer, but not enough to outweigh what Ja does from a table setting and generally collapsing a defense perspective. Ja gets to line more, which I think is nice. Uh, if you wanted to put Donovan here, that's fine. Um, like I'm very variable within my within my tiers. Like I don't hate moving guys around in there. I just this is just how I thought of them. Um, like I think that you said that potential ones with some flaws, right? I think Donovan Mitchell is that. So I, I guess that's probably where I'm like. That's probably where I I think that's his upside. Like his upside is. He can be so good offensively that you that you if you figure out the defense, like you can be a contender, right? I, th I definitely think that is the that's the selling point. If you're gonna sell me on Donovan Mitchell, that's what you have to sell me on. I feel better about 
the potential for these guys because I think they have you – know, so Zion is his own thing, right? Like Zion is just – I probably should just put Zion and Draymond in the same tier and just been like, I don't have any fucking idea to do with these guys. Um, for opposite reasons, right? Yeah, one is aging, one is – I mean, we just haven't seen enough. Fat. <laughs> oh, they're fat, right? Sure. Um, but like John Trey, I think they've shown more to me just just enough in the overall package of like playmaking, running an offense, penetration, all that kind of stuff. Like, and, and I think they've shown enough to push the ceiling a little bit higher than I've seen from Donovan Mitchell. If you want to argue for Donovan Mitchell, I don't think that's like. That's not like, oh my god, how could you do that? That's very reasonable. Um, I think there's an argument. Honestly, I think there's an argument for somebody like even Ant Man to be up here, right? Like he could be. You know, he, he I, 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 he's another guy. Like I think in a year's time, and he has, he is much better on defense. I think yeah, than both yeah. these guys. Yeah, I mean, in a year's time, if you had him as high as like that Tatum and Booker group I had, that wouldn't search, that wouldn't shock me. I mean, I think I think his ceiling is that tier one. Yeah, hundred. Uh, not oh, even absolutely. the Booker Paul t- the Booker Tatum tier. I think. Like, oh yeah, no. like he's, a Luca type outcome. He he's if if he doesn't win multiple scoring titles, I'll be very disappointed. Um, and he's he's a good defender. I mean, he is like he is that '90s prototype two way um, high end score. Um, I think where I would say I think Mitchell's playmaking is underrated. I think that there is a tendency to go off script with him, but he is a fantastic improviser. Um, you mean like he deviates from the set play? Yeah, like he'll deviate or he has to like, I think you've used the word like he plays with a lot of force, but it can be forcing the issue at times. But I think he's underrated as a passer. Um, I think that he's, John- he's a really, he's a really talented passer. I don't think he does it like his decision making lets him down too often. His shot selection lets him down too often because if he could find the balance between like his playmaking ability and the right decision making then you're talking about yeah he's in that tier with John Trey I think those guys have shown more of that already but to be fair like look Donovan Mitchell deservedly caught a lot of shit for his playoff performance this past season Trey was terrible this year in the playoffs um, and I know they were playing Miami, and it's the best defense and the best coach he's faced off against in his career. And like, but they they made him miserable. And to be quite frank, like by the end of that series, he didn't want the ball. Uh, he was not the same Trey that we're used to seeing. Ice Trey, fucking, you know, telling everybody how quiet the garden was. Uh, Ash Trey. Yeah. Um, um, no, I mean, I think yeah. where I would so. I think the playmaking is there. I'm not probably as high on Jaws' decision making as you. Um, I'm, not, I'm not that high on it. I just think it's a, I think it's a bit better than Donovan's. So. I think that I've also seen Donovan Mitchell play well on defense at the NBA level. Um, he was solid his first couple of years. Um, I don't think he's. I think he's just hard at that size, um, unless you're something like Chris Paul, uh, in terms of instincts to be a great defender uh, at that size. But um, I think you can get this depth level. Um, I think that there's a massive difference in shot making between him and Ja, um, which there, Trey has that too. And I think Trey, I think I would buy this as a reason to prefer Trey to Donovan Mitchell. I think that is why Trey is more offensively impactful. 
But I think he has the highest potential on defense of those guys. And if he gets there... You don't think Zion does? Oh, sorry. Of the guards. Yeah, I think Zion obviously has the highest defensive potential. Um, But um, that's probably why I would put Mitchell over Ja. And then the last thing I'll say is, I know you've talked about the on-off ratings with Donovan Mitchell. I mean, I know that a lot of people hate to talk about this, but Memphis was really good without Ja. Look, I, I, I'm not going to lie. A job was really tough for me to put here. I just I kind of split the difference between my natural inclination to just, like, say he sucks ass versus the consensus opinion of, like, he is this ascending superstar. There's, he's getting put in the top 10 consistently. Right. The top that, that, that's, like, right. where I so, disagree. So that's where I just, like, I split the difference. This is kind of like a cop-out because it was just – me being like, okay, he probably doesn't suck as much as I like to say, say he sucks, but I know for sure he's not like this top ten guy, right? I think I think Partnow had him in his like tier two or something, which is bananas to me. I just I, I really don't get it. Like, I mean, I, I, I think I think his ceiling is something like I and I love this player is something like prime John Wall, even though I don't think he'll be quite that level of defender. But you're talking about a high rim pressure guy who is a very good passer. Um, I think Jaw was actually I was higher on Jaw's passing out of college. Um, to be frank, questionable, questionable outside shooter. Yeah, questionable outside shooter. But I mean, probably better than um, you know he, he, he's better than a guy like Westbrook, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So I think that's how I see him, and I would have put Prime John Wall as a very good number two. But I don't think Morant is there yet. Yeah, I mean, I the, the thing with I actually I agree with you. I think Morant's passing out of college. I'm, I mean, it sounds crazy to say I'm almost a little bit disappointed with his passing in the NBA. Um, it's not bad, but I thought he was fun as hell to watch in Murray State. Yeah, I just I thought he would be like uh, a potential, and you know, he's what he's just finished his third year, so it's still on the table. But like, I just thought he'd be one of those. 9, 10, 11 even assist guys, right? And I just, you know, I, I don't know. Like he's And he's in a good context. I mean, that's a well-constructed team. Um, but I mean, I think that path is there. Um He's he's only like look, he this is his career. 7.3 assists, 7.4 assists, 6.7 assists this year. I don't think it's unreasonable to just say like it feels like he's leaned a lot more into shot creation, like not even shot creation, but usage like hunting for his own shot versus leaning into the playmaking element of his game and you know that like for trey i think i understand trey a lot more in the sense of like i think he just had a a lot more put on his plate his team has not had as much talent around him as ja has had over his career and, you know, I, like, the one thing for me with Trey is I was always, like, I think he could be some kind of, like, Steve Nash, Steph, in that family tree of player. I just don't think he's had the chance to kind of lean into the off-ball stuff like we talked about with him uh, because of a lot of their roster construction and shit. With Ja, I just feel like he's very much leaned into, like, this, I don't want to call it hero ball, but, like, He's very much looking to get his own, uh, and I don't think he really maximizes the playmaking opportunities that he does create. Because, as you said, like 
his ability to collapse defenses is, you know, he's incredible at that. Yeah, um, he's incredible at that. I think one part of his game that's pretty underrated. Um, so you posted a chart yesterday showing floater talent and mid-range talent. Um, quickly, it was pretty impressive to see where he was. But Zhao was on another level. I think that in-between game for athletic guys is very important. That's something that Derek Rose developed. Um, that is the differentiator between him and a guy like John Wall. Um, so we'll see. If it all comes together, the playmaking, you know, he takes another step with his decision-making. If he can fight to, like, step level on defense, and he certainly has athletic ability. Um, but I think that where people are on him right now in terms of impact and because of the success Memphis had is a little bit higher. And I think a lot of those things do apply to Donna Mitchell as well. So I think if I'm going to put Jaw there, I would have to put Donna Mitchell. And I will say, I think Trey is right now on another level from both those guys. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, I like, I just can't, I can't put Trey yet in the second tier. That's just, I can't get there yet. But if you wanted to, I get it. Um, uh, another guy who wasn't in your list was Shea Gilgis Alexander. I believe you didn't mention. I did not. I have him. There's a group. So these are just dudes. I, I, the, the, I have a group outside of this, which I guess you could put it, put a steer for. I didn't even finish this, but these are just dudes in no or in no order. This is just in no order. Dudes who could climb into any of these tiers moving forward. Uh, and I didn't finish this list, so it probably is much more extensive than this. Uh, Pool, Maxi, Jalen Brown, R.J. Barnes, quickly S.G.A. Wagner. Garland. Uh, if you wanted to put Brown, if I maybe I should have put, put Maxi in there. I did put Maxi in there. Uh, may I? You could. I, I probably should have put Brown in guys I can. In guys I think can be high level twos, but not like I. I think Jay. I mean, I think Jalen Brown showed it to a certain extent. Uh, their player form was weird, so I don't do that. But like you know, I'll just put Jalen Brown in the in that chair uh, somewhere. I don't know, but he's in that chair for sure. Uh, but the rest of the the, the the dudes who I think could climb in at some point were Poole, Maxi, RJ, Barnes, Quickly, SGA, Wagner, Garland. Again, that is not in order. Like, SGA would definitely be above Quickly or RJ or Maxi. I'd probably have him at the top of that list. Like, he's he's got all the tools. He's got all the talent. He's got all of the per 36, per 100, per game stats. But I need him to play for a team that lets him play a full season. I, I I don't know what to do with somebody who doesn't isn't allowed to like show me over the course of a season what they can do. So that's why I didn't list him. There is no reason other than Sam Presti wants to get Victor Wembanyama that he should not be in one of those tiers because he is so so good. Yeah, and then, I mean, so I think that group is a mix of, like, young guys who probably haven't had the opportunity to expand as much. That definitely applies to quickly. I think that it's interesting. You look at his, like, per 36 projection on basketball reference. It's, like, pretty close to Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey is projected to be more efficient. Um, you know, but that's also because they have Maxey shooting 42% from three again, which... I think he's a good shooter uh, and better. I think him. last year might end up looking like one of those weird outlier three point seasons for him. Yeah, like I think he ends up being a thirty seven. I think at peak, I think he'll be thirty six, thirty seven on fairly significant volume. But I don't like they have him getting eighteen on like sixty three percent 
18 points a game on like 63% true shooting, which I just, I don't, I haven't seen that enough for that yet. He is a much better two point scorer than quickly, but quickly they had no, 18. I, I, should put, I should put Bane in this list too, actually. Who? Sadiq Bane. Bane, 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 Bane yeah. yeah. Um, it, I, yeah, Cade. Um, and, and I mean, and then you have like guys who like the talent is there, but you know, it's a lot of the young guys. I do, I would put Jalen Brown probably in that same tier with. He's maybe not quite as high as Ja and um, Donovan Mitchell, but Jalen Brown's mother—he could go in the Draymond category also. For yeah. also very different reasons. But in also in, with Jalen Brown, I think a lot of what he brings—I think he is being underrated. I mean, he has pull-up shooting ability; he can get to the rim. He's fine as a defender. Like, if we're going to excuse, you know, guys like Mitchell or, or Ja. Like I think Brown is probably not as good of a de- team defender as you'd hope given his tools, but like if he's your worst defender in your starting lineup, as we saw, that's a hell of a defensive team. So you might be a extremely good defense, but who? How could we know? You know, how could we ever say that for sure? <laughs> um. So, um. Yeah, but I think so. Yeah, who who is your tier three gun? So we talked about Ja, Zion, ja, Zion Trey. Then Draymond tier, which was Draymond. Uh, and then Paul, Cat, Gobert, Spida, Ingram, Beal, Kyrie, Ant-Man, and I added Jalen Brown. Just not yeah, so I think SGA, talent-wise, we, we believe he's there. Yep. yep. Uh, Drew Holiday? I probably overlooked him. I, I don't know. I, I It's fine. If you want to put Drew there, I don't hate it. I He's just such a... He's so weird. He's so weird. The playoffs were so weird. I don't... I really... I, I'm like... I don't know. If you probably look up my tweets of Drew Holiday, they're like... Five tweets. They're like, wow, he's so good on defense. And the ones are like, what the fuck is Drew Holiday doing right now? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I, I don't know. He's, he's fine. I'm happy he won a championship. He's a great defensive player. His offense is very much YOLO. and I don't know what to do with all that. Uh, Sabonis? So I didn't have him. You can argue for him in this tier for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's tough with a big who's limited on defense, but the production is, and he did change that team. Um, I think that that trade looks good. Did you have Halliburton in the tier with uh, Maxi and quickly? Or I did not. Yeah, um, and I'm going to be completely honest and say that I would not put him in that tier. I don't see him. I don't buy the usage. I need to see it. I need to see him for a full season get up like 23 24 25 usage i i need to see him force the action i need to take i need to see him take shots that he doesn't want to take i need to see him bail out the offense against the shot clock and all that kind of stuff i need to i need him to just be like he's a he's an efficiency glitch because he takes really really good shots all the time and like he doesn't force the action and that's a good thing but i think it's also like a part of what you want from some of these star guys and his defense has been terrible like you know he, he doesn't catch the shit that a lot of other guys do for it but his defense has been terrible yeah and they have i think for part of his career they've been better with him off the court than on i do agree certainly in terms of ceiling i think guys like quickly and maxi are higher um other guys so the there's a couple of bigs who i think might garner some talk for that um tier three uh, I'll just to all focus on a Robert Williams third, who I think you're even higher on than I am, and DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, I think Ayton could go there. I didn't. 
I, I left him off just because, like, again, he could have been in that dudes who might climb forward. Like, his, last year was just, he was awesome in 2020 and 2021. I, I just want to see it again. If I see it again, then he goes in that tier, but I need to see it again. That's all. And what about Time Lord? I need to see it for a couple more seasons. And yeah. I need to miss, yeah, I need to. I need to see it. Like it was an awesome season. We've seen guys have awesome defensive seasons and then not sustain it, or like fluctuate. Right, like this happened with Clint Capello. Right, where like Clint Capello would have an awesome defensive season in Houston and he was amazing, and then he would struggle to start the next season and he sucked and everybody wanted him traded, and then he would round into form by the end of the season and then he was awesome again. I just need to see it. I need to see it for a length of time with with Williams. Okay, and then that next group, you, but you would have Robert Williams and that quickly Maxi, the young guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Would you have just going off some other names? Um, you'd have Lamelo there, I'd imagine. Yeah, of course. That guy definitely just forgot. But yeah, absolutely. Um, where would you put a guy like Gordon Hayward for assuming health? If we're assuming health, it's probably in like tier. Two or tier three, rather, I think. Like, he's really versatile and he's still really impactful when he plays. He just doesn't play that much. Um, and I guess, like, assuming health thing was a weird way to word it, but you know, uh, it was just the best way I think to think about it. It's just like with Gordon Hayward, I, I haven't, it's there's always like an element of like, if I haven't seen it for a while, even if I'm assuming health, I can't just assume it. Like, I can't just assume you're the guy from the last time you were healthy, you know? Um, and that's why even, like, Kyrie, for me, I, I didn't feel great about putting him there because it's, like, I feel like I have not seen this guy for real for, like, four years or something, you know? He just plays so infrequently. I, I don't even know what to do with him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this was it's a really hard exercise, and it just really makes you think of, like, how talented the league is and it honestly just solidified my belief that like the Knicks should not just do one of these you know fucking three unprotected and grimes I, I don't think it's worth it at all to do it's for Spida like even even if I bump him up to the tier of like Jaws Ion Trey or whatever that I had him that, that you think he at least absolutely deserves to be in if not higher like I, I just can't yeah I don't think there's any disagreement between us that yeah. like that clear tier two which I think like Siakam was the lower end of that list. I don't think yeah. Mitchell has earned the right. I think with him, the the bet is upside, right? That you're betting that, I think that a version of him that is gets back to form of like the first two seasons on defense um, can incrementally improve his decision-making. And he is still only 25. Um, so that that is something that you can expect to improve going forward. Um, unless, you know, there are stylistic issues, but... I think that you're talking about the mobility that he can get to that poker. I think that a version of him that's locked in on defense that takes just a step in decision making can get to that poker tier. That's the bet you're making if you make that deal. Yeah. And I think the other one that I thought was interesting, the two guys I thought were interesting for me to rank anyway were Gobert and Ingram. Um, because I love Ingram. I I actually I like Ingram more than I like Spida. Like uh, just I like him more than Mitchell. Um but I, I put Mitchell ahead. I think you have to value that. Look, they, uh, as much as I'll criticize, I've been very critical of Mitchell and not been his biggest fan throughout his career. Like, 
the guy put up legit scoring numbers against a defense that featured Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. You know, like he has been an effective playoff scorer multiple times in his career. He's also had some playoff stinkers. He's also had some really, really good playoff runs. So, like, that has to count for something. And I loved what I saw of Ingram this year in the playoffs. Um, I buy it. I buy the mid-range game with him. I think I think his game, what he can do, is one that translates well to the playoffs because of his mid-range scoring and the fact that at his size, he's a very capable playmaker and ball handler. I think you can argue he's a better ball handler than Jason Tatum. Um so like I, I like that part of it. He's gotta do it more he's gotta do it more consistently. He Where are you on the defense? I think the defense is fine. He's not like he's not a great defender. He's not gonna he's not going to fuck your defense over. He's also not going to be the reason your defense is as good as it is. He's a cog. But he's a good cog because he's versatile. Like I don't think you need to you don't need to hide Brandon Ingram, which is probably like when you're talking about what do you, what is the lowest bar that you want for your worst defender in a lineup? That would be it, right? If I don't have to hide you, but I just don't want you defending the other team's best top two, three scorers, that's a fine place to be. You know, like that, that's fine. That just means like, yeah, I don't want you defending Jason Tatum, but like if you get switched onto him, I don't think you're going to be a liability. And you're not a team, like I don't, I didn't watch the Phoenix series and think to myself, they are hunting Brandon Ingram right now. You know, like, that is what you don't want. You don't want to be a guy that teams hunt, which is a reason why, like, Brunson probably could have been in that lowest tier of, like, the dudes that can climb. But, like, that's a reality with Brunson, right, is that he can be hunted in a playoff series, and he will be. Um, or any small guard, like you mentioned. Like, any guy that's 6'5 or below, there's that potential for them to be hunted. So... What I like about Ingram is that isn't really a concern with him. Um, I just need I would I need to see it more. I need to see more playoff stuff with him. Zion's back. I want to see how they combine together. I have some concerns about their fit. Uh, and then Gobert was interesting because like I I think he you have I I think you have to put him above Donovan Mitchell, not as an asset, not as that, but like if you're just talking about who's the better player right now, I do think Gobert is better than. Him. He's a more impactful player. He anchored a defense really that had no other good defenders at all for multiple years now. You know, he he's won what I think three defensive player of the years, four All Stars. I, I want to say I don't remember. He he's four All NBA maybe. He he's a very it, the accolades he has are not insignificant. They're also not undeserved. The playoff stuff is a little worrying. I do think it's exaggerated because of the team he was on and their issues with perimeter defense. So, dude, like having to sit, sit and like do a list and try and think of the tiers how I would want to think of them. Um, it makes you think of like it, it, it's it's just interesting. It really like helped me solidify my thoughts on some players. Yeah. Um... I think if we're going to talk about Gobert, what about a guy like Jared Allen, or is that another you need to see it for longer? Yeah, I just need to see it for longer. I buy it, though. I, I buy it. Buy he was, it. I mean, you could see, and especially he helped. I mean, first of all, it's just this goes back to that AD point, right? Allen's ball handling 
and offensive skill made the three big, the three seven footer lineup. And you could say, well, Lowry obviously is a good shooter, uh, and Mobley is better than expected off the bat. But he was able to make that work, right? They didn't lose anything on on defense or offense. Um, I think that that version of Allen. Um, I think everyone talks about you know Cleveland kind of faded towards the end of the season. I think if they had a healthy Jared Allen all of last season, they're top five seed. Um, I also think this is why I'm higher, I think, on Cleveland next year than you are. Um, because, um, like, yeah, they didn't make any big moves, but I think just getting Allen back and healthy, um, as well as incremental improvement from Mobley will help. I think Mobley's a guy I could see getting that tier three as soon as next year as well. Um, but so we've talked a lot about this kind of how the league. So we talked about, you know, maybe why Mitchell, you know, there are like, you can probably come up with 15 or 16 guys that are clearly ahead of him and probably a few more, um, depending on, you know, your mileage may vary. Um, I, um, what I wanted to ask next is the other side of that equation is the guys we're giving up or who we're talking about not wanting to give up, right? So if you're talking in terms of these tiers, what is the ceiling of RJ? I assume RJ was in that next group with Quickly, but Grimes wasn't yeah. for you. Grimes wasn't. RJ was. Obi was Obi, not. Obi might be in that group, but like I, it's a very broad group, right? It's just like guys I think could eventually get into these top three tiers. So there's a lot of guys that could do it. Um, Obi could do it, sure. I don't know if he will, but like he could. I don't know if I see Grimes really having the potential to do it, but like I guess if there's a pathway for him, it's something like what Desmond Bain has achieved, which isn't yeah. outlandish. But yeah, I mean Desmond Bain is also just a freaky good shooter. Yeah, like that. Like Desmond, you're talking about um, a level that I think Grimes can get to, but like just projecting that as top rank one. Um, like Desmond Bain is, you're talking about Clay Joe Harris that level of shooter. That's fair to say, right? Um, yeah, I'm better than Joe Harris, I think. Um, yeah, so then you're really talking about Clay as like the kind of guy who's above Desmond Bain. Um, so, for, so let's start with RJ. What do you think, in terms of these tiers, what is the ceiling? Uh, realistic. So, like, not like, oh my god, he can be Kawhi Leonard if everything breaks. Like, like realistic, like 95th percentile, 90th percentile outcome. Kawhi Leonard, but lefty. <laughs> uh, but I think probably... probably in the tier three, right? I think that's where I feel comfortable with him. Like, if you don't have Jalen Brown there, yeah, like it's up to imagine. Well, yeah, I, I totally forgot Jalen Brown to be completely fair. So Jalen Brown is a tier three. That's like probably RJ's like good outcome, right? Yeah, I think I think tier that's because that's like basically that's a level of these are guys that are perennial all stars, but not perennial all NBA. And I think that would be a really solid. I think that's a great outcome for RJ. That's that's good. If he's like a seven-time All-Star, but made one All-NBA team, I would be fine with that. You know? Yeah, I mean, some of these guys, I don't know if they'd be perennial, but still like fringe All-Star perennial. Yeah. Um, then quickly. Uh, I would say probably the same. It's like it's not fair to be like, oh, well, he could be a true two. Or he could be like, like, yeah. I mean, if you didn't have Trey Young in the group as a true two, yeah, it's tough to project that quickly. Yeah, you can't project quickly like that. I think 
tier three is in play. Um, but, you know, he needs minutes, he needs opportunities, he needs reps. But yeah, I mean, I really believe in quickly. I think his upside is very undersold by, I mean, I don't want to even say just non-Knicks fans. I think there's plenty of Knicks fans that don't, that don't buy into it. Um, which it's, look, it's hard. I'm not going to deny it. And a lot of what he does bring is intangible. So that like, that is exactly why, oh, you think he's going to be in the same tier as Trey Young? Certainly not on offense. Yeah, um, no, no. It's it's but just he brings so much. It's like a prime Lowry type of value proposition, right? Yeah, like there's so many lineups that I think he can work in. Um, small, big, it doesn't really matter. There, there's just he's so versatile. He's so competitive on defense. Um, that's that's a really big difference for him between somebody like Ja or Trey, who are singularly superior offensive talents and likely always will be, but they give up so much defensively. And do they outweigh it overall? For sure. But when you're talking about constructing five-man lineups to win championships, the fact that quickly has demonstrated that he can hold up on defense, regardless of who you pair him with in the backcourt, is... He can play on and off ball and actually add value off ball, not just first base. Um, obviously helps tempo. I, I mean, side note, I was watching some of the clips, particularly in the second half of the season. His, like, he's a really good outlet passer. Uh, like, especially, like, him and Obi, like, it's like watching Prime Brady and Randy Moss at times. Like, there were so many where Obi wasn't even super open, uh, but he just, he fitted into this tight window. If you told me Emmanuel quickly played quarterback in high school, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but the other question I have kind of on the quickly, would you put Fred Van Fleet on the tier three? Or is he close to that? Uh, I think he's he's hovering. He's hovering. He's like he's in that group where I couldn't quite put him there, but if you wanted to, I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, and then I would assume would you have said the same thing about Prime Kyle Lowry? Or Dragon? Oh no. Oh Kyle, Prime Kyle Lowry, he's he's in Tier three, he, you know, Kyle, Prime Kyle Lowry would be in the Draymond tier. Yeah, and I think that's I see quickly a little bit like that. And Draymond and Kyle Lowry, you you're talking about guys whose like box score is not going to capture the full impact, and that's why like I mean it, like I if you do like an exercise where you look at like a few years ago three year five year RAPM, the top ten would always be like I, I looked at this the top the top ten would always be the usual suspects, and then you'd have Lowry and Draymond Green there. Yeah, yep. Um, because, and you could, that, it's fair to say advanced stats might skew things a little bit. That may not be, but I think those are guys who, like, consensus are top 25 guys, but in, in terms of their impact, so maybe maybe they're even a little bit understated. It's probably true that's right in the middle, right? So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the RAPM stuff probably overstates their individual impact. But like, but it shows that the consensus view is yeah, probably understates it a little bit, right? And and what I would also say is like, I would guess I I have not looked into this. I would guess if you looked at like the best three man pairings, four man pairings, whatever for those for seasons, I would bet that Lowry and Draymond feature in a ton of them. Okay, um, yeah, I think that. Um... And that's where I think quickly is. Like I think play him more minutes. I haven't even looked, but I would I would bet that like his on off stuff is up there with like any non superstar star in the NBA. Like 
consistently, the Knicks have just, it's, you know, it's, when he's on the floor, you can tell me what you want about his shooting percentages, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't get to the rim enough, and his offhand dribble needs to work, and all this kind of shit. All that stuff is true, but I'll tell you what, for whatever it is, the Knicks seem to magically play better when he is on the floor. Regardless of who he plays with, they play better. That's a talent. That's a talent that, like, like Draymond, I get fucking pissed watching this guy play half the time, too, and I'm not even a Warriors fan. At the end of the day, for whatever it is, they tend to play better when he's on the floor. Like Kyle Lowry, for the longest time, you know, choke artist in the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. For whatever reason, the Raptors consistently just played a lot better with him on the floor. And, you know, they're just guys like that. You know, they, you're like, I'm not sure why, but this team just works better with him when he's on the floor. Yeah. It's like the inverse of Colin Sexton, right? Where it's like Colin Sexton puts up and I, it's like he's a weird player because he's super talented and his individual production is not bad at all. It's not even inefficient. But for whatever reason, the team doesn't play well when he's on the floor at all. Yeah, this is, if you've ever read Thinking Basketball by Ben Taylor, um, the example he talks about is Adrian Dantley, um, who oh, was God. super, yeah. super efficient, right? Um, it's, it's, it's the, side note, it's a good book actually, but he talks about kind of how Obviously, just field goal percentage can't capture efficiency. So then he talks about true shooting, but then he's like, but even true shooting guys, if you look at on off, they were like Adrian Dantley was in the 60s, in the 60s, got like tons of free throws, but it doesn't capture, for example, times when he would hold the ball, couldn't get a shot, and then passes it and they don't get a good shot on that possession, right? That's not going to hurt your true shooting, um, but it does, you know, so those kind of things that, you know, decision making. Uh, obviously, team defense, those kind of things show up a lot. Um, the other thing I'll say... numbers are crazy, by the way. He had, he had a four-year stretch from 1981 through 1984 where he averaged 30, 30 and a half, six and four on 57, 56.5% from the field. Uh, that was... Da, 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 it is... 63.7 true shooting during that stretch. So, yeah, like, but yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys. I think Detroit basically, like, they traded him for Rick Mahorn, was it? And they immediately. Was it a gear? Rick Wire? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. It was, a, yeah, yeah, you're right. And yeah, as soon as they made that trade, they, like, became way better. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, if you watch the Bad Boys documentary, he was not. Mark Guire, sorry. Um, he was, uh, I don't want to use, go so far as to say bitter, but um, he was bitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good it's Very bitter. It's a very good thirty for thirty. Um, yeah, one of the best ones I think. Um, it's the second best thirty for thirty about a basketball team from Michigan. Um, <laughs> it's, and then, so the other thing I'll add is like, if Obi was not twenty five or whatever he is now, I would have like the way his trajectory has gone. I would probably be comfortable in saying I think he can get to tier three. Uh, he's still, he's 24, so he'll turn 25 this season. Um, he does seem to be a little bit of a late bloomer, and he's improved both years. Um, what do you think about that potentially happening? Yeah, I, I think it's there. It's just like, it's even harder for me with him, even though I, you know, I, I buy that. It's just like, when you don't play enough, you, there's so much projection that goes into it. You know, because I believe that if you give Obi more minutes he can largely sustain the impact and the production and all that shit. But, like, I don't know that. 
You know, like I don't. Know. And especially with him, like I tend to agree, but like if he plays thirty minutes, does he run the floor ninety percent as hard? Which is still hard, by the way, running the floor harder than like nearly every player. But how much of an impact does that have? Right? Does he move without the? Are there more matchups where um, he can't be protected on defense? Or I know you're higher on his defense than I am. Well, and, and also even like small stuff. One of the things about his defense that makes me believe is like he's just willing to to make max effort on rotations and stuff. Like, does that stay the same if he plays more minutes? You know, I don't know. Maybe yeah. not. Uh, I, I mean, I, I I think he has been so good, and his motor has been so good, and he's such a. I also think his intelligence is really high. Uh, probably something that's undersold. He doesn't take bad. He never makes bad decisions on offense. He doesn't really make bad decisions on defense. Like when he gets scored on, it's his physical limitations. But yeah, but like on offense, like he literally, there's almost no time that I watch Mm -hmm. him do something where I'm like, that's a really a bad decision. Be it shot selection, passing, whatever. And the few times he has, like when he's forced up shots near the rim, they often go in because his touch is incredible. Like the, the worst, the worst thing he ever does is lose confidence in his three. And pump fake, and then you know he passes that up. But like, if you compare that to RJ or quickly, like, there's so many times those two guys will do something that I'm like, that is so stupid. Like, why did you just quickly dribbled out to three on that? Shot yeah, there? that was insane. But it was like, like RJ does crazy things all the time. Where it's like you drive, like, why are you driving against like Evan Mobley and Jared Allen and putting up the softest layup for them to just swat into Rose, like? Like what are you doing? But but that's the, like that's what I'm saying. It's like those two guys infuriate me sometimes with their decision making. Whereas Obi, I'm just like I really don't remember a time where I was like I can't believe this fucking guy did this thing. Yeah, um, and if he he improved across the board on offense. Um, so he is per thirty six, uh, nineteen and eight, um, with two assists to just one point two point three assists to one point six turnovers for a big a one and a half to one ratio is pretty solid. We, we see that. He's a good passer. Um, finish above 61 true, true shooting. Um, what's really impressive to me that, uh, was that his foul, his free throw rate increased more than doubled. Uh, field throw rate of about 0.26 last year. Um, and a 2.0 BPM. And despite limited minutes, he had a 1.2 warp. I know there's a lot of people that are going to hate this, but uh, warp is interesting because it does hurt you if you don't have uh, you don't get a ton of minutes. So it shows that in, with limited opportunity, just how effective he was. Um, and I, I think that there is, a, if you can buy him, continue to improve until he's 28, uh, I think that, that that's very interesting um, to see. Uh, it's just how much just extended minutes. And is he best maybe as a 20 to 25 minute instant offense juice guy who beyond that is just um, diminishes that? Maybe. That would still be a valuable player, but probably not a tier three guy. Um, and then let's talk now about the guy who is the main reason he's not getting minutes, not in terms of why I need to trade him or anything, but in terms of your tiers, where would you have put, so I'm going to ask you three questions. Where would you have put the version of Julius Randle in terms of these tiers from last year? Uh, sorry, from, from the good year. Um, I think last year we'd agree that he was, where, where would you put the version of him last year, the come down? And if you had to have some projection, where would he be in these tiers? I don't think he's in any of the tiers that you mentioned, but I'll ask you those three questions. Okay, so the where would I have had him last year? Uh, the good year, I'm sorry. 
Yeah. Um, or yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's all NBA year. Uh, I would have had him in probably probably the that that Sorry. final tier three where Cat, Gobert, Spider, Ingram, those guys are. So okay, so he was second team All NBA, so that's top ten players. You wouldn't have had him close to that high, but you wouldn't. No, because I, th- I think I think even when he made that that group, we were all like, we all expected regression. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like like I don't. I was never under the impression he was a top ten player in the NBA. He played like a top ten. He was one of the ten best players for a season, a regular season in the NBA. That does not mean you're a top ten player. Those are very separate conversations and distinctions. Like, I would not... And we saw it in the playoffs. Yeah, and even last year, because I, I actually remember this. I'm not going to name any names. I don't want to air anybody out. But I remember at the start of the season, I was like... I, I, it might have been before or during or maybe after the first game of the season where I was like, oh, yeah, like I would take Tatum over Randall easily, of course. Like, as good as Randall is, we know that he's not as good as a player like Tatum. And there were people that were like, that gave me pushback in uh, our Strickland Discord. And we're like, what are you talking about? Like, you can't, like, ha- I, would, I would consider that. Like, Randall's fucking really good, and Tatum hasn't proven anything yet. And I was just like, in my head, I was like, am I missing something? Maybe I'm just, like, way too high on Tatum. And then I was just kind of like, you know what? No, fuck that. Like, definitely, I don't care if Tatum's shooting, like, butt right now from the field. Like, he's going to get it together and he'll be fine. Um, but, like, I, I just never thought he was a top 10 player, whereas, like, you could have convinced me like I, I have thought forever that Chad Tatum is eventually going to become a top ten player. I don't think he's there quite yet. Although I guess, I guess he's like right on the cusp based on my on my ranking. So maybe he is. Um, he's basically the tenth guy because I have nine in tier one, and then him and Booker are the next two up. So yeah, I guess. But like, yeah, I, I've always thought Tatum had that potential. And then, what, sorry, what were your next two questions after that? So, and then, what would you have put him last year? <laughs> I I don't even have a tier for him. It's not even you know he's like was he even a top hundred player last year? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean people will talk about twenty ten and five, but um, obviously efficiency was bad. Was he better than Russell Westbrook last year? Yes, but that's not <laughs> saying a lot. It's just like the thing with the twenty ten and five shit is if you don't hit the efficiency benchmarks that are necessary, it really doesn't matter because. If you take up enough possessions, you'll get a, you'll get numbers. That's how it works, you know. Like, yeah. And then the argument that well, he was the only guy that could. I also, first of all, I think that um, Kemba was washed. That said, um, I think there would have been ways to kind of shift some more usage to him to kind of help Julius. That it just that didn't happen. You can blame Kemba for part of that. Uh, and then I think there, there were obviously other talented players in the mix that uh, until later in the year didn't get that opportunity. Um, and then the last question is, do you, where, what kind of a tier would you project? I don't think, I mean, even you, I don't think, thinks that we're going to be as bad next year. No, I think we'll or, be sorry, better. Sorry, not us. Not Randall. Randall will not be as bad. No, absolutely not. There's no way he can be worse. Um, so where would you, going forward, what kind of a tier would you put him in? I don't know if I had if I was continuing to do this, I'd probably have him in like a tier five or six or something like that, which would be some version of like useful starter, 
but on a contender, maybe best coming off the bench. Um, yeah, and put into a defined role, right? Uh, which it's not clear that he has. I like time. Randall. Yeah, in his role, uh, but it's not clear that that's even um, that he hasn't done that since New Orleans. Um, that uh, that makes sense. I, I think that, um, and that that's probably where the Knicks are at, and that's not a player worth twenty six million dollars. So um, you probably you probably have to trade him to a contender to really get value at that, right? Where they're probably already capped out, don't really have ways to make talent and like some kind of juice to your offense, and a guy who can absorb some usage is probably that. And so it's probably one of two extremes, right? A team that's um, already capped out, like somewhere like the Lakers, where him being able to take shots, rest up LeBron, uh, add some energy off the bench helps, or a team that's like the Thunder and just needs someone to take shots, right? So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then, so while I was thinking about this, there were a couple of other guys, really one. Um, you didn't have Levine in, in your Tier 3, right? Nope. So there's three guys in Chicago. I think some would have Levine. Um, Levine... Um, they're, they're big three, Levine, DeRozan, and Vooch. You wouldn't put any of those guys there. Vooch, I think, probably just the playoffs. That's the big issue. Yeah, the playoffs with him and DeRozan. Uh, Levine, I just... He hasn't done shit, honestly. If we're going to be... Like, if you want me to just say why, he hasn't done shit. He's made a playoffs once in his career. Is that all his fault? No. But this is the NBA. If you're a certain level of player... Like you're going to get to the playoffs more than that. Um, if he's as good as people have said offensively as a scorer and all these things, he should have had more team success than he has. I'm not saying like win championships or even win playoff series, but get to the fucking playoffs. Or like, he didn't play a fucking meaningful basketball game until this past season. Literally. He did not play a meaningful basketball game. You know, like, I'm sorry. I just, I can't, I can't put him in a list of guys that basically all those dudes have played meaningful games. If you want to say Ingram, like, well, you had Ingram there and you're not, okay, fine, sue me. I'm a hypocrite. But I believe in Brandon Ingram more than I've ever believed in Zach Levine. Uh, he's younger. I think he's a better player. Fuck it. Whatever. Like, he, and the other thing about Levine, <laughs> Levine is another one of these guys who's a terrible defensive player. Like, absolutely terrible on defense. So, you know, if you want to, if you think he's that good, fine. So be it. I just, not it's not done anywhere near. But he did play his first meaningful games this year. And a big part of that was the acquisition they made. A guy who had a career year, who has improved as a passer. Um, what keeps DeRozan out of the tier three period? Uh, I just don't like him. <laughs> like I have fundamentally, I have thought he's a losing player. I don't like him. So it is what it is. If that's if that is lower than consensus, so be it. I, I don't know if that really matters. Yeah. And then, um, and then I'll ask about one other guy who has been traded recently. You didn't have Dejounte Murray. In there. I did not. I, he should be in that last year I had um, of like just the rising guys that could potentially break through. I am lower on him than I think a lot of people, but you know he's a good player. Like there's there's nothing wrong like with him. He, or, there's things that are wrong with him, but he's not a bad player by any means at all. Yeah, I'm definitely curious if he can make the kind of shooting improvement um, from three that we've seen others make. Uh, you know, he he took 
career high in attempts, four attempts per game, 33%, not great efficiency, but um, just getting the league average on moderate volume should help a lot. Be interesting to see how he fits with Trey. But uh, yeah, I think we covered most of the guys. I mean, this just drives home like how talented the league is. Um, You know, there's so many guys. I mean, I clearly forgot a lot of guys. I think we're probably forgetting guys that deserve to even be talked about, you know, like, but it's, it's just crazy how talented the NBA is at this point. Um, and yeah. And so if you make these big moves, you either have to be in a position where you have a great team around or it's a no doubt about it guy. And yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, it, it, the league is so talented that if you fuck up going for somebody who's not worth the price tag, you're, it's it, it it can really hurt your potential to build out a contender in the long term. So, um, all right. I mean, I think that's a good place to end it. Uh, unless you had anything else you wanted to discuss. No. All right. Cool. Uh, Stacy, let the people know where they can find you and plug anything that you would like to plug. Yeah, you can find me at Stacy Patton eighty nine on Twitter. Uh, yeah, nothing to plug at the moment. Cool. Uh, yeah, uh, I have nothing to plug myself, so I will just hope everybody has a great weekend. And a great rest of your week since you'll be listening to this on Monday, and I will see you on Friday. Bye.